0: Oh, yo. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you on this lovely January 27th. It's the feast of St. Angela Marici. <laughs> Don't ask me how I, I do know that because our daughter's name is Angela. So I always would tell her we'd, we'd celebrate her name day on the feast of the guardian angels. But I said you also get a feast day, uh, St. Angela Marici. So. I'm hoping you're having a blessed day on this January 27th, 2022, and thanking you for taking some time out of the busyness of your day uh, to share with me and all of our family gathered here right now as we come to you on all of our domestic church media radio stations and all the other platforms we use, our streaming audio, free mobile app. I haven't checked the stats yet this year, but uh, I know uh, up until last fall... I knew that uh, know that the uh, app, our mobile app, has been downloaded on every continent, in, on this in this world except for Antarctica. Now, maybe maybe since then we've had an Antarctican uh, download the app. But so people listening all over the world. Of course, we're coming to you also on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/domesticchurchmedia. So uh, thank you for being a part of uh, this program today. Uh, it is Thursday, so we're going to go back to the Catechism where we left off last week. And uh, we're going to continue. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. Today, the Son of God became man in our catechism. And we'll do that the second half of the program. But before we do that, after our prayer, uh, I want to share with you a reflection from, oh, my favorite reflections from In Conversation with God. Today's, uh, a little bit of today's uh, entry by Father Fernandez, where he talks about contrition and interior growth, uh, and and also forgiveness. I, I we I was I mentioned to you last week. Um, no, was it it was Monday. <laughs> I I lose I lose the track of time. Monday night there was a webinar by Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, the American Exorcist, and he does these every month, and it's a very fascinating webinar for an hour. Um, but as we began the session, we prayed to forgive. Because the devil will work on that. If we if we don't if we harbor an unforgiveness in our heart for any individual, um, the devil gives him a, a, kind of an open door in many ways. So, I want to talk a little bit about that. Father Fernandez doesn't talk about that aspect of it, but just about forgiveness in general and contrition. So we'll get there. But let's pray. So wherever you are, I invite you to raise up uh, your special prayer intentions with us. And as I said, you know, used to be in the old days, we, we knew where we were being listened to uh, because our radio stations have a footprint, as they say, and they still do. But we go way beyond those footprints now because of the technology that's being used. So you never know who's listening and how many people are praying with you right now for your special intentions. So let's raise up our hearts and minds together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, as Bruce would say, to the throne of God and, and uh, raise up these inti- intentions and petitions. And we're praying the prayer of consecration to the Holy Family. I think we're going to pray this prayer right into April, uh, right into uh, June because that's when the world meeting of families is taking place in Rome. <clears throat> we hope, <clears throat> right? <laughs> and, of course, in these prayers, we pray for peace. As we prayed yesterday, Holy Father asked us yesterday to pray for peace in the Ukraine and uh, around the world. Just pray for peace. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace, as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael and Our Lady, as Holy Father asked to pray, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added to that intention to protect our homes, our families, and our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, thank you so much for praying together. And uh, hard to believe we're coming to the end of the first month of the new year already, but uh, that's what time does. It flies by. (laughs) And as they say in Scripture, as it says in Scripture, um, in the last days, the days will be shortened. So (laughs) I don't know. You just, you know, as we've been saying, though, you know, nothing to fear. The Lord protects his own and just stay close to him. No matter what, what the world does or where we find ourselves, stay close to the Lord, and He'll take care of you. I was reading it yesterday. A, uh, uh, it was a, I guess it was a Facebook entry, but Denzel Washington, the actor, Denzel Washington, very, very excellent, outstanding actor. Right? I, I have enjoyed his performances in various films, um, but he's also a very, very strong Christian, uh, according to this particular piece that I was reading. And it, it, in it, he was talking about a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. Um, and he said, he, he mentioned, scripture says, in the last days, in the end times, men will be lover of selves. And he said the most popular photograph these days are selfies, people taking selfies. Very narcissistic. Not all the time. Sometimes you just like to take a you know you take a a, a photo of yourselves with loved ones. and We do it with our grandkids and stuff. But the people who take the selfies just themselves for no other purpose than to look at themselves. I don't know. He was saying how this is kind of a uh, you know a little bit of a a, a, a prophecy fulfilled, <laughs> biblical prophecy fulfilled. Are we in the end times? Hey, listen, we've been in the end times since our Lord ascended into heaven. That's a fact. Are these the last days of the end times? I don't know. Who knows? But I do know that the Lord raises up saints. You know, throughout the history of the world, and especially the history of of Christendom, the Lord always raises up the saints that are most needed for that time. You know, you and I are not here by accident. (laughs) The Lord... The Lord knew when we were going to be here and determined that we should be here now. Um, for what purpose? As I said yesterday, you know, we, 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 we don't have uh, uh, worldly military weapons at our disposal, but we certainly have the great, greatest weapons of prayer and sacrament. Uh, that's, our, that's our job. And we can do battle because we are in a battle. But you're here because you want to be reinforced in your faith. You want to go to a place that makes you, gives you comfort. I hope we do. Uh, a place that uh, reveals to you what you already know uh, regarding the love of, of God for you as his child. And that we have nothing to fear. Um, so, that being said, let me go to uh, this reading from Father uh, Father Fernandez. Father Fernandez of course is the author of the in conversation with I'm sorry in yes in conversation with God uh, series which is a wonderful series of reflections for each day's readings it's a, about a six volume set because these reflections aren't just a paragraph or two they're a few pages but in this particular one it's today's entry actually i was reading it earlier he, he writes about contrition and interior growth And this is what Father Fernandez writes. He said, The interior life of ours is given a special chance to grow when we are confronted with adverse situations. For the soul, there is no obstacle greater than that which is created by our own wretchedness and as a result of our carelessness and lack of love. But in those circumstances, the Holy Spirit teaches us and moves us to react in a supernatural way with an act of contrition. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. St. Francis de Sales, whose feast day we celebrated just a few days ago, St. Francis de Sales teaches that we should feel ourselves strengthened by the silent saying of such ejaculatory prayers, filled with love and sorrow and desire for a deep reconciliation, so that through them we may come to trust in his merciful heart. I mean, this is why Christ came to us, because of our fallen nature. And, you know, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. When I sin, I know I sin. You know, you have, and I'm sure with you as well, you have a well-informed Catholic conscience, as I try to have as well. And we, we are tempted, we fall into temptation, we're already leaning in that direction of sin anyway because of our concupiscence, and sometimes... Sometimes we, we fall. The devil is the great tempter, and the devil is the great accuser. He will tempt us. And, of course, now temptation comes via the world, the flesh, and the devil, and in that order usually. <laughs> but as the great tempter, Satan will tell us, go ahead, God's going to forgive you, no problem. He understands, go ahead, you'll enjoy this. Whatever the thing is, or whatever it incites us to do, whatever. And when we, when we fall, he immediately starts saying, God will never forgive you for that. Just don't even bother, don't even ask for forgiveness because you've, you, you, you've offended him too deeply. So he, you know, But this is why Christ came. And we know immediately when we sin and we we ask for forgiveness. And that's what Father Fernandez writes. He says, to ask for forgiveness is to love. It is to contemplate Christ with growing dispositions of understanding and mercy. And as we are sinners, our way will be filled with acts of sorrow, of love, that fill our soul with hope and renew our longing to set off again on the way to sanctity. Isn't that our life? This is why the this is this is the beauty of, of the confessional. You know, you go in there; it's like a spiritual shower <laughs> or bath. You go in there, and with a with a firm purpose of amendment and 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 a, a deep contrition, a contrite heart, we're absolved from those sins, and that sanctifying grace pours down upon us and washes us clean. On the road. To sanctity Father Fernandez says, we need to return to Christ time and again, without becoming discouraged or overworried, although there may be many times when we have not responded well to love. God's mercy is infinite and it encourages us to start again with a new determination with renewed hope. We must be like the prodigal Son, who, instead of remaining far away in a foreign land, filled with shame and living in misery came to his senses and said i will arise and go to my father human life is in some way a constant returning to our father's house we return to our father's house by means of that sacrament of pardon god is waiting for us like the feather god is waiting for us like the father in the parable with open arms, even though we don't deserve it. It doesn't matter how great our debt is. Just like the prodigal son, all we have to do is open our heart to be homesick for our father's house, to wonder at and rejoice in the gift which God makes of us being able to call ourselves his children, of really being his children, even though our response to him has been so poor. God never abandons us. He always welcomes us, comforts us, and moves us to start again with more love, with more humility. It's such a comforting uh, awareness that we should have of God's merciful love for us, my friends, right? Because we know we sin, and we know we offend God. But as Father Fernandez writes in this passage, God never abandons us. He always welcomes us, comforts us, and moves us to start again with more love and more humility. He writes, Our weaknesses help us to seek for divine mercy and to be humble. Growth in the virtue of humility means we are able to take many steps forward in the interior life. All the virtues benefit from our being more humble. If at times we find we fail to correspond with all the graces we have received, we have not uh, been as faithful to God as he was expecting us to be, we must return trustingly to him with a contrite heart. And then from Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. We should often think of those things which, although they are small, separate us from God. Then we will be moved to sorrow and contrition, and be brought closer to Him. Now I remember uh, um, our Holy Father Pope Francis talking about shame. He said it's good to be ashamed. It's good to feel shame. It's a self-awareness, and 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 it creates in us a humble and contrite heart when we enter into the confessional and go before the Lord in the person, the priest, in the person of Jesus. We should often think of those things which, although they are small, us from God, then we will be moved to sorrow and contrition and be brought closer to him. In this way, our interior life emerges enriched not only by our contending with exterior obstacles, but also by the recognition of our weaknesses, our mistakes, and our sins. If we find it more difficult to begin again, we will have recourse to Mary, who makes easy the way that leads to her son. We should ask her to help us today to make many acts of contrition. Perhaps we will find it helpful to repeat the prayer of the tax collector. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, or the prayer of King David. A humble and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. It will be particularly helpful to say some ejaculatory prayers as we see the walls of a church in, in the distance, knowing that Jesus Christ is there in person in the Blessed Sacrament, the fountain of all mercy. And, and you know, my friends, sadly, sometimes I think we, we, get, we get hung up uh, on— and, again, this is a temptation in, in and of itself. We get, allow ourselves to get hung up on the sin— and that because of pride, uh, because of, of, of fear, maybe, uh, we feel as if we just have to grovel in our sin and our wretchedness, and there's no way out. <laughs> and, of course, that's what the devil wants us to think. But there is a way out. His name is Jesus. That's why he came. You know, some people sadly live with a particular sin, unconfessed, for years, and it eats them up inside. At one time, we knew somebody at our parish many years ago who was a friend uh, of ours, and uh, she was becoming Catholic. She was going through RCIA. And at the point during the instruction where they had to make their first confession, this woman went to confession for the first time. And later on, she was telling us that it was the most frightening thing she ever experienced. She'll never do it again. And We thought, what? (laughs) But it wasn't because the priest was... (laughs) not nice or being hard-hearted or mean or anything it's because she just didn't like facing her sin but we're going to feel that way when we walk in maybe that we should never feel that way walking out because of the sin being completely absolved if we have uh, true contrition, and, and, and a firm purpose of amendment. That's so it's not easy to to go to confession, though, is it? I remember, again many years ago when Father Karapi, God rest, God bless him, he's, he's, we hear, understand he's back in community. I don't think there's been an official announcement, but I heard it through a very, very reliable source that he is back in community, thanks be to God, and he's living a monastic life. But before his troubles, and those troubles happened ten years ago, eleven years ago now, I guess. Um, we used to bring him in. You know, of course, his, his last public appearance was when he was at the Prudential Center in Newark, and we had the, that big conference up there. And we rented the Prudential Center. <laughs> I laughed because it was, it was the, it was the the the. the the craziest thing we've ever done, but the most successful because we trusted. We trusted in the Lord that that day and throughout that whole process. I could write a book just about that experience. But anyway, that was his last public appearance. But for years, probably uh, close to uh, 10 years prior to that, every year we'd bring him in uh, to our parish at first and then to other venues. But I remember, and we used to pick him up up at the airport. And uh, one year, Anthony, our youngest son, was about to make his his uh, first confession, and uh, Father Carapi we picked him up the airport, and, the, and and Anthony had a took a, a liking to him. He always wanted to sit next to him, and he was Anthony was only in, in first or first grade. But we were driving on on the highway back from the airport, and I said, "Oh, Father, Anthony's going to make his first confession next week." And Father Karapi looked at him and that grave boy. Oh yeah, you scared. <laughs> You know, and I don't remember my first confession to you. I don't remember being scared. Maybe I was. But now I can't wait to get there because I know what it is, you know, what we receive. That we go, and yes, there's a priest sitting on the other side of the screen, or if you're going face-to-face, sitting in the other chair, but it is Jesus because that priest is there in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. This is why uh, I I love praying the night prayer, because night prayer, it it begins with an examination of conscience. But as Father Fernandez says, we we, we should examine our conscience throughout the day and make those acts of contrition, because we sin throughout the day. And you may say, well, I don't sin. If you go through a true examination, yes, you do. We all do. We don't want to. But one thing confession does do for us, it's, it's like a, uh, you know, you hear the term booster shot. <laughs> it's like a booster shot uh, that, that builds up your immunity to sin, if you want to call it that, and I would use the language of the day. Um, but that's what it does. You know, the, the more we frequent confession and the more we receive that sanctifying grace, the stronger our ability is to avoid sin and avoid near occasion of sin. prevent offending God. But we do. But that's why Christ came. And, you know, uh, if we're in the state of sin and we're aware of even being in the state of mortal sin and, you know, we, we can't get c- to confession until Saturday because they're not hearing confession until Saturday and today's only Monday. Oh, my goodness. What if I you know, get struck by lightning in a car accident this week and I die? and I. Well, if your intent was to go to confession, God knows. God knows your heart. God God knows your soul. He knows what you're feeling. He knows if you are uh, uh, feeling sorry for your sins. So we we have to trust in God's loving, merciful heart. Jesus came. You know, look at a crucifix read his passion, and then look at a crucifix and just say to yourself, he didn't come do all of this for nothing. He did it because we are sinners, and he did it for you personally. He saw you when he hung on that cross and said, this is for you. And to every person ever created by Almighty God, So we mustn't be afraid to go to confession. We mustn't be afraid to ask for forgiveness. That's, an act, that's a sign of love. You know, so you think about just an interpersonal relationship that you have with your spouse, your children, your parents, and you hurt them in some way. And you know you hurt them. And things aren't right. So you apologize and ask for forgiveness. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Because you know you were wrong, and you know you hurt that person. That's what confession is. You go in and you're telling God, I'm sorry, I hurt you, I know I did, and I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, Oh, maybe I did, I intentionally did it. I'm sorry, please forgive me. God knows your heart. The same thing. Plus you receive that abundance of Sanctifying grace pouring down on you, washing you clean of all that filth of sin. And, you know, we have to be ready, too. I always th- I, 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 you know, I, try to get confession often, at least once a month, sometimes twice, sometimes more because I need it. And I always say, you know, hey, listen, at my age, <laughs> I want to be ready, as ready as I can be. Uh, to meet the Lord. Because he knows my heart, he knows my intention, he knows your heart, he knows your intention. But he knows our human weaknesses. He knows our frailties. He knows our faults. He knows that we, you know, will he doesn't like it, but knows that we will fall. But he's there waiting with open arms. You know, think of that, as Father Fernandez pointed out, the, the the story of the prodigal son, the son who when, took everything that he, his father was giving him uh, as an inheritance before he even died, which is basically saying, give me what I what you owe me now because I wish you were dead, but you're not dead, so give it to me now anyway. Runs off, squanders it. And then a scripture says he comes to his senses. And the father's just waiting there for him. And they kill the fatted calf and celebrate because this... Son who was dead is now alive again. And we who are dead in sin return to the Father in that confessional and we're alive again. We're alive again with the the, the sanctifying grace. We're once again reunited with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we mustn't allow ourselves to to out of fear avoid that but rather m- greatly look forward to it so if you haven't been confession in a while don't be afraid go you know this some parishes don't don't limit their confessions to just saturday afternoon you know you can go on if they, go to our 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 free mobile app domestic church media free mobile app. We have uh, the mass times app on there, but you can also on that same mass times app, instead of finding a mass, you can find where confessions are being heard on any day near you. It's a great uh, resource to have. You know, I have found myself using it saying, well, I don't want to wait till Saturday to go to confession. I'm going to go now. Who's hearing confessions today. And you go to our free mobile app, go to the mass times uh, section on our app. And then you change from Mass to Confessions and uh, where you are, and it'll tell you. So, don't wait. Take advantage of uh, Confessions being heard, maybe that you are near you. And don't, don't be afraid. The Lord waits for you there with loving arms, and He wants to, he wants to uh, embrace you with that love and mercy. I'll take a break. Come back. We're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, my friends. So you stay where you are. There's more to come right here on Come To Me. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us, but He had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically, but we don't change in His mind, see? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with Him, Holiness, we call it, for every one of you. And it's all different. They were all different we are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. That's <laughs> not his fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and the different of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 60 seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in the student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Teresa Tamio. Every time I go to mass and see my husband serving on the altar as a deacon, it hits me how, with God, all things are possible. I mean, there is no way that we should be still married, number one, based on all the problems we had. But number two, the fact that I'm in Catholic media and my husband is a deacon is simply a testimony to the power of God and the teachings of the church that saved our marriage and, more importantly, our souls. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio heard right here on Domestic Church Media weeknights at 5. Pope Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. My family left the church because of a, a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests. But we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey in my life. Uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something, and I think that's that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now. Is we are we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God, is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God, I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Bishop Robert Barron. Tolkien has reached out to, you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true, and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture, he adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility. It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize, rather he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're gonna say, oh yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, They'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. That was the genius of those fellows. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Welcome back on this lovely January 27th, 2022, the Feast of St. Angela Marici. And um, just praying you're having a blessed day. Now, they say there may be some snow headed our way, depending on where you are. Uh, Unfortunately, I think for our friends to the south, they're saying probably more down there and over at the the shore area than uh, here in... The Trenton area or over in Bucks County or up in Hunterdon County. But we'll see. Tomorrow, Friday Live, uh, we'll be here at uh, 4 o'clock. And Jim Hoffman, our chief meteorologist, will give us the update on the storm coming. Also tomorrow on Friday Live, uh, we're going to have uh, as our guests Al Smith. And Mr. Smith is going to talk about a brand new book called The Greatest Commandment, of Fulton Sheen anthology on love. So uh, we'll have that. And then also uh, later on uh, tomorrow uh, from EWTN, Bear Wozniak and his new book, Deep Adventure. Uh, Music and talk and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, you can just kind of hunker down tomorrow. It's supposed to start snowing, I think, uh, when it does and where it does. Um, Later in the evening. But, uh, you know, get ready. Hunker down with us. We'll be here from 4 to 6. And look forward to spending our Friday with you and start the weekend together. Hmm? Uh, let's see. So let's do this. Let's go. And that's interesting. Cause I didn't, I don't, I didn't, again, I didn't plan it this way, but this is how the Holy Spirit works. Um, today's section of the catechism is the section, uh, article number three. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. Cause now this is breaking down the creed and this particular paragraph, the son of God became man. And the catechism poses the question. Why did the Word become flesh? Why did Jesus come? In the paragraph uh, 456, our catechism says, With the Nicene Creed, we answer, By confessing for us men in our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin, of the Virgin Mary and was made man. The Word became flesh for us, in order to save us by reconciling with us with God, who loved us and sent his Son to be the expiation of our sins. For the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world, and he was revealed to take away sin. We were just talking about right. Sick, our nature demanded to be healed. Fallen, to be raised up. Dead, to rise again. we had lost the possession of the good it was necessary for us to be given back to, to necessary for it to be given back to us closed in the darkness it was necessary to bring us the light captives we awaited a savior prisoners help slaves a liberator are these things minor or insignificant did they not move god to descend to human nature and visit it Since humanity was in so miserable and unhappy a state? You know, stop to think about that. You know, Jesus became like us in all things except sin. He became just like us in all things except sin. He couldn't sin, it wasn't in his nature. True God and true man. You know, again, when we say that Jesus is present to us, uh, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, that's a fact. Sadly, majority of Catholics don't believe it. <laughs> but it is true that Jesus is really, truly present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, his humanity, and divinity. And he came to be like us. God descended to this human nature to visit it because we were so miserable and unhappy. The Catechism says the Word became flesh so that thus we might know God's love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And and, and you know, my friends, again, we, we we live this live in this world seventy years, eighty if we're strong, scripture says, and life expectancy has increased a little bit since then. But we know we're gonna go. <laughs> We know one day our life in this world is going to end. But our life and our immortal soul will not end. We live on. And we want to be with God in paradise for all eternity. So we live our life in this fallen world, in this fallen nature. And God so loved us that he sent his only Son to come into this world so that whoever believes in him will not perish, will have eternal life. And it's as simple as that. I mean, you know, we can make it more complicated if you want, but it is as simple as that. And as magnificent as that, that God Himself would send His only Son into this world to become like us, to, in all things but sin, to actually die a horrific death, to take sin and death upon Himself on that cross, to save us from death and sin. The Word became flesh to make us partakers. I'm sorry, the Word became flesh to be our model of holiness. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus said. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. On the mountain of the transfiguration, the Father commands, listen to him. Jesus is the model for the Beatitudes and the norm of the new law. Love one another as I have loved you. This love implies an effective offering of oneself after his example. Again, what more do we need to hear? God Almighty himself said, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. What did Blessed Mother say to the servants at the wedding and to all of us? Do whatever he tells you. And Jesus himself says, love one another as I have loved you. We listen to him. Everything we need, (laughs) everything that we need to get home to heaven has been revealed to us by Christ himself and his church. The one true church founded by Jesus, the Catholic Church. Everything we need to get home to the Father's house has been given to us and revealed to us because Christ came into this world, because the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh to make us partakers of the divine nature, for this is why the Word became man and the Son of God became the Son of Man, so that man, by entering into communion with the Word and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a son of God. For the son of God became man so that we might become God. And that is from St. Athanasius. The only begotten son of God, wanting to make us sharers in his divinity, assumed our nature so that we, I'm sorry, so that he made man, might make men gods. You know, we are Told that when we do make it to heaven, we will reign with Christ. God, uh, um, sorry, I lost my place. The Son of God became man so that we might become God, from St. Athanasius. The only begotten Son of God, wanting to make us sharers in his divinity, assumed our nature so that he, made man, might make men gods. That's from Thomas Aquinas. And then the Incarnation. Taking up St. John's expression, the Word became flesh. The Church calls Incarnation the fact that the Son of God assumed a human nature in order to accomplish our salvation in it. In a hymn cited by St. Paul, the Church sings the mystery of the Incarnation, and this is um, from Philippians. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped at, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And in his letter to the Hebrews, uh, referring to the same mystery, consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. and burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Lo, I have come to do your will, O God. Belief in the true incarnation of the Son of God is the distinctive sign of christian faith. This is from paragraph from the, the catechism paragraph 463. Belief in the true incarnation of the son of god is the distinctive sign of christian faith. By this you know the spirit of god every spirit which, which confesses that jesus christ has come into uh, come in the flesh is of god. Such is the joyous conviction of the church from her beginning with Whenever she sings the mystery of our religion, he was manifested in the flesh. You know, there are those who will tell you or say, well, we we believe Jesus was a good man, he was a good teacher, he was a prophet, but, you know, he wasn't God. The distinctive sign of being a Christian is belief in the incarnation, that God himself, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, Entered into this world and took upon himself the flesh of man and became like us in all things except sin. Paragraph 464 says The unique and altogether singular event in the incarnation of the Son of God does not mean that Jesus Christ is part God and part man, nor does it imply that he is the result of a confused mixture of the divine and the human. He, truly, he became truly man while remaining truly God. Jesus Christ is true God and true man. So that's an interesting point uh, that they bring up there, and I've never thought of it that way, but maybe some people do. It doesn't mean we say Jesus is both man and God, that he's only part God and part man, because you can't have a whole with more than parts. Well, he's true God, he's all God, and he's true man, he's all man. During the first centuries the church had to defend and clarify this truth of faith against the heresies that falsified it. The first heresies denied not so much that Christ uh, denied not so much Christ's divinity as his true humanity. Uh, from uh, apostolic times, the Christian faith has insisted on the true incarnation of God's Son come in the flesh. But already in the third century, the church in a council at Antioch had to affirm, Uh, against Paul of Samosata that Jesus Christ is Son of God by nature and not by adoption. The first ecumenical council of Nicaea in 325 confessed in its creed that the Son of God is begotten, not made, of the same substance as the Father, and condemned Arius who had affirmed that the Son of God came to be from things that were not and that he was from another substance than that of the Father. So all uh, through our church history there have been these heresies the nestorian heresy regarded christ as a human person joined to the divine person of god's son uh, opposing the heresy saint cyril of alexandria and the third ecumenical council at ephesus in 431 confessed that the word uniting to himself in his person the flesh animated by a rational soul became man christ humanity had no further subject than the divine person of the Son of God, who assumed it and made it his own from its conception. For this reason, the Council of Ephesus proclaimed in 431 that Mary truly became the mother of God by the human conception of the Son of God in her womb, mother of God, not that of the nature of the Word or his divinity receiving, uh, received at the beginning of his existence from the Holy Virgin, but that since the holy body animated by a rational soul which the word of God united to himself, according to uh, the uh, apostasis, was born from her, the word is said to be born according to the flesh. So when we say mother of God, we don't mean that Mary gave birth to God uh, and is God the Father or God as a, as a being. But Jesus is God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, He was conceived in the virginal womb of Mary, took upon himself, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, took upon himself the flesh of man through Mary. This is why when we talk about Mary being conceived without sin herself, she had to be in order to be the mother of Jesus, in order to give him her flesh. Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, could not have taken on the flesh of a sinful being. So Mary had to be preserved from that. Now you know you you, you This has been, as we just said, this is, that was from the, the Council of Ephesus um, in four thirty one. So for two thousand years, uh, you know we've been we've been teaching this because it's true. I heard a quote by St. Augustine say that the truth is like a lion. It doesn't need to be defended. Let it loose and it'll take care of itself. And that's a truth. People for 2,000 years have been trying to, through various heresies and other means and methods, have been trying to to destroy that truth. They can't destroy it. It's true. Jesus took on the flesh of man. Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Son entered into this world and took on a human nature while retaining his divine nature, true God, true man. Um, Because human nature was assumed and not absorbed, in the mysterious union of the Incarnation, the church was led over the course of centuries to confess the full reality of Christ's human soul, with its open I'm sorry, with its operations of intellect and will, and of his human body, in parallel fashion, she had to recall on each occasion that Christ's human nature belongs, as his own, to the divine person of the Son of God, who assumed it. Everything that Christ is and does in this nature derives from one of the Trinity. The Son of God therefore communicates to his humanity his own personal mode of existence in the Trinity, in his soul as in his body. Christ thus expresses humanly the divine ways of the Trinity. And again, this mystery of the Trinity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons in one God, it's a mystery but the second person of that Trinity entered into the world and took on a human nature while retaining his divine nature and experienced everything that we experience as human beings, even temptation, we know that, we see that in Scripture, although he never sinned, he couldn't sin because of his divine nature. And all of this being done, to get back where we started today, to save us from our sins. To be that great act of mercy the Father showed us by sending us His only begotten Son into this world. So that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, will not die, but will have eternal life. And that great gift that we have, the great gift of our faith, you know, you're here today and we're going through our catechism. This is nothing new. This is teaching of the church for a couple thousand years because it's true. It's what we believe. It's what we know to be true. And it's what we need to know in order to then make it home to the Father's house where we're all headed. That's why God created us, to be with him forever in heaven. And we have our trials and our, all types of uh, obstacles in our way here along that that road to the Father's house, trying to distract us and steer us away and set us off in other directions through sin. But this is why Christ came. This is why Jesus came to be with us. He came to save us from sin and death. And Sadly, when you read the statistics of people who are losing faith, and not just Catholics, you know, I shared with you a couple weeks ago those statistics: the the nuns, the N O N E S, those who have no religion. Who this is all foreign to them. They either rejected it long ago, or they don't want to know about it. They don't want to hear about it. You know, if you tried to to share this good news with with people, some people they would they would scoff and mock and, and tell you to shut up. Don't give me that. I don't believe that stuff. You know, Go away. But this is life-saving. This will, and God loves all of his children, even those who re- reject him. You know, in Faustina's diary, Jesus says it's the most wretched of sinners that need him, that he came for. Those individuals who were so far removed because of their offenses to Almighty God. So we have this great knowledge, we have this beautiful faith, and it's our responsibility to go out into the world to share it with all. That's what Jesus, his last command to us before he ascended into heaven. Okay, I gotta go. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Now tomorrow, join at four o'clock for Friday Live. I look forward to that. Until then, have a blessed, happy, holy rest of your day. Thanks for being part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you. And God love you. In me.